bullshit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A N A N A S. This shit is trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Oh, hey everybody and welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast <laughs> where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. We just say that every time now because that's just... Well, for anyone who's never tuned in, you might think like, I need this. I'm, I'm making a list of political podcasts let's do, <laughs> to get all of my information from my politics. But then you want to know that this one is the one. That the dumb, that's, that's that's dumb by dumb people, <laughs> and we're doing it like we're watching reality TV, not like we're Rachel Maddow or people who do real journalism. Right, exactly. So I mean, just, really. Just do it. Yeah, we're not like, whenever I uh, uh, try and talk about the podcast, I really do try and say like, listen, you know, like, we're not journalists. Well, what do you say? Let me see, because I'm already getting annoyed. You don't say we're st- even. I go, you- we're fucking <laughs> retards. I hope you like it. <laughs> the podcast is called... Stupid stuff. Well, I mean, it, it is. But right. when you go, listen, you're you're smart. You're informed. You're insane. It should, what it really should be called is a dumbass with an angry gay person. <laughs> I mean, because you're well, you're not a dumbass, but you're just uh, your your lens is destroyed by anger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't think I'm dumb, and neither are you. Um, I'm, I'm as informed as I want to be and I'm, mm, you know, I, I'm not like, I'm just saying I'm not a journalist. We're not journalists. You're more journalistic than I am. I have a journalism degree. So that's why that bugs me. Well, I don't. And I don't, I'm not trying to do journalism. I'm trying to do, I read an article and here's my opinion (laughs) about uh, the one article I read. Well, I find you quite informed. And one of my favorite things is saying um, shit that you don't do well because you have a lot of extremely <laughs> like yeah. talents, extremely talents. I have extremely talents. Yeah. Thank I you. I mean, so. But I have a lot talented. of non-extremely talents. Um, you have a lot of problems which impede those talents. And I like to highlight yes. those to yeah. make myself yes. feel better because I don't want anyone I know to be happy. But. Well, did you, how, when does happiness play a part in any but, of it? But so I'm just saying I do truly genuinely uh-huh. find you quite informed. Oh, well, that's nice. Thanks. But then you look at my brother who like tips off names and talking about <laughs> Liberian refugees. And I'm like, I didn't. What was I'm not. Said? Sagan Freud, I don't Shagen even. Shagan Freuden. Shagan Freud over the Potomac River. Or what was it? <laughs> God, I have to look it up again. Schadenfreude. But what was the second thing? Oh, crossing the Rubicon. Well, that's, yeah, that, that was, was Romancing the Light Fantastic. That was the first thing. And then, um... Oh, then it was Shagenfreud or something like that. <laughs> they listened, if they or they know if they listened last week. You guys, right. this is our one-year anniversary episode. Sh- Shadenfreude. Oh, Shadenfreude. Pleasure Freude. derived by someone from another person's misfortune. 
that's actually what this whole podcast should I be think called. That, is that my middle name? <laughs> Read it Brandy Scheidenfreuden Howard. Read it again slowly. Pleasure derived by someone. Pleasure derived by someone. Yes. From another person's misfortune. How did Adam Goldman mm-hmm. use the word? I can't recall. He was saying that he's in, he's he's his having Schoenfrauda because of like all these oh, guys being like you know they're shitty now it's yes. their misfortune because it's like yeah. you're not listening but you know what I experience that <laughs> hourly if I can find <laughs> right. people that I want misfortune to happen to yeah. Oh, I kind of love that he said that. And I love that I forgot, even though that was hours ago that I heard that. <laughs> I know, that was today. That was today, literally yeah. today, even though y- yeah. y- y'all kids are hearing it a week later. We're doing this early. It's our year, one year anniversary today. Oh, my darling. I I got you. <laughs> oh, hold my face. Oh, my darling. I I can't believe it's been this long, my darling. I, why? I, I, I don't know what to say. I, oh, have yeah. we been walking? Have it? Right. Oh, don't. Oh, not in front of anyone, my darling. I, <laughs> I'd be too. I'd be blushing. I'm blushing, my darling. I, I like. I believe it's been a whole year. Are you the lady or are you the boy? Because they both sound like that. I'm both. Okay. <laughs> well, and they, you know what? And the ladies, the men were like ladies. They're <laughs> right. You know. It's been a whole year, my darling, and I don't know how <laughs> how much longer I can wait. I can't wait any longer, my darling. We must. We must uh, make money. Ma- make. <laughs> we must make money now. We must consummate <laughs> this show by making money now. We have made any money, my darling. I mean, how much can we go uh, on without consummating by money? I mean, this show. Oh, my darling. It's true. Well, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. One year and one day ago, we premiered. And post. <laughs> <laughs> one year and one day ago, yeah. my best friend and I <laughs> set out on an adventure to do a podcast where we spent time Failing. that we never get paid for. <laughs> People called us garbage, dumb, and idiots. Non-intersectional. <laughs> don't, can't keep up. Just impossible to keep up. Impossible to keep up. We've People who claim to be fans said, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard, but I love it. And we're like, well, did you like it? or hate us oh well happy anniversary bitch. so much has happened happy anniversary to Britain I want to thank everyone at Embassy Row I especially want to thank Belle our producer for Mm -hmm. the longest we've had a few producers like starting at the very beginning who were like went immediately into some office and said please can I get off doing (laughs) this it's like when I had math tutors (laughs) and they would tell my parents I can't um I can't. <laughs> I'm sure, I I'm quite cannot. sure Bell tried. I can't. And they're like, you know what? You're right. gonna need to do it. You're capable right. of doing a hundred jobs. And then for my the price mom of one. would go, oh, fine, fine, I'll do it. They're like, Julie, I don't know what the problem is, so <laughs> I'm just gonna tutor you. I'm like, uh, okay. And then five minutes later, like, just like, what is what is do- your problem? Is Are like, you an idiot? Do you know pie? What kind of thing is? Phyllis oh, my dad do- tried too. I mean, you want to talk about. And we're talking about calculus, I geometry, sent him algebra. into a rage. Um, probably what's before algebra? Adding? No. Subtracting? Al- algebra, I think, happens freshman year of high school. So maybe junior high. Well, maybe yeah, it's that. Grade. Um, yeah, it's, it's no, not I adding. Couldn't even, I couldn't even do. Uh, what's the thing where you put the line on top of the b- below the number? Like fractions. fractions. Also greater than, less than. Oh, no. Yeah, that's all right before. None of that. No Drove one's... people into an insanity. No one's... There's probably people in mental institutions because they tried to tutor me in math. Well, you know what? No one's father should help them with anything. <laughs> My dad wanted to make me into a golf pro and I was like, um, mm. don't ever talk to me again. And then that really happened. But no, your dad can't teach you stuff unless you're a boy or you are or your dad's not sexist. No offense, Phyllis. Um, or Pam. 
Um, I don't know, but no, I I think at that point it's like uh, I feel like I could tutor someone, and if they, I couldn't. You need a tutor to tutor you. Can't I had parent. tutors who couldn't deal no, with it. That's what I'm telling you. Phyllis is like, you know what? Leave Julie alone. I'm going to do it. It's like, Phyllis, is that, as sweet as that is, and it really is, mm. a parent can't do it because they get frustrated and you take it personally. And you think, and so do the tutors. Well, fuck the tutors. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And the tutors in England, too. <laughs> Except for Henry Cavill. Johnny, you know, Ooh. you know I'm talking to you. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so I want everyone to know, and you, Meow Meow, because you've forgotten. Uh-huh. We have been doing this a year, which means I want you to look me in the eye when I say this. Ugh. We have done this. How many weeks are in a year? Twenty. I wish there was twenty-four. Seven, Seventeen weeks in. How a many? Year. Wait, what was the question? I think there's fifty-two weeks in a year. Right. So that's right. No, you're right. You're right. Could be a leap year. Don't know. We have done the podcast every single week except for one, which was Fourth of July weekend. Right. So wow. we've done it 51 times. That actually isn't a high enough number for me. Wow. I need the number to be like 172. It feels like it. Well, plus we do the <laughs> Patreon. So you know, well we have done it a million times. It feels like a million and there were a few times we did it twice. <laughs> Couple times was nearly ended our own lives. I mean, this this is no joke. I mean, we sort of could be on the we could have killed each other at some points. Oh no, but we didn't. We've learned a lot. <laughs> we have learned a lot. You know, this is what this is what makes and breaks sh- everything. Actors, Things. actors, writers, creators, friends. The lovers. craft. The craft. <laughs> the craft. The craft. The craft. If it wasn't for Julie getting to sing the theme song in many different variations, I think, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But do you want to tell them about the Patreon? Uh, we have a Patreon. Do you like, do you like Patreon? super Patreon? fun because we just can talk about anything and it just goes off the rails and stuff. And that's my fave. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I love doing the Patreon. And... Um, that's when you can come on. You can like pay just like a dollar a week or whatever. And <laughs> God, you're then you get and then you can listen to like unfettered, uncensored access to like all of our shit. And um, it's fun. We don't go off the rails. We start. We're off not. The rails. A, we're not on any. Oh, rails. true. We start. We're right. We do rails and then we say <laughs> action and then we go. Is it recording? And then Julie oh, plays an old song, which embarrasses me. Yeah. And I feel like I'm in the car, like with my mom or dad. And I right. go, why do we listen to this music? Uh-huh. And why do we drive a Toyota? Shouldn't we be in like a BMW? Am I adopted? <laughs> and then my mom knows I'd be like every week. Am I adopted? And she'd be like, no, there's pictures of me, like literally breastfeeding you with your face on my boob. And I'm like, well, someone could have given me to you. I mean, you adopt You could me. be a wet nurse, mom. <laughs> you <laughs> could be a complete wet nurse. How do I know? How does anyone know anything anymore in this day and age? My my own mother could be a wet nurse. My father could be Charles Charlie Rose or whatever his name is. <laughs> you know what? That's right. How sad is that? <laughs> whatever his name is. How sad Charlie is that? Roy Rose. I mean, I can't even. I can't even. I'm even. I, there was a maybe a couple days ago. I was feeling great, just like yeah, fuck you, world. I've been right all along. You can all suck it. And now I feel horrible. Now it's I'm longer than terrible. a few days ago because I think Al Franken happened. Al Franken. Al Franken was the for me was just like God. I knew it was every fucking. So that man. was a couple weeks. But ago. But now you've been not feeling good for a couple. But weeks. now I feel just <laughs> terrible because you know you know you part of it's just joking or not joking but like you know taking the piss or whatever. But now like. 
That's horrifying. Well, we don't want anyone we like to be revealed. No. But they will because they're, even so our dads are sometimes assholes. And I used to like mine. You like yours. You I know, do. Just what, it's just what it is. It's like, it's okay. And if they're and everyone has got to be revealed, you know, and I think this That's thing. That's the log line <laughs> for our new sci-fi series. <laughs> You know what I mean? Everyone. And you know what it is? Mm-hmm. It says everyone has got to be revealed. And then mm-hmm. it's like a man mm-hmm. in a doorway. Groping? No, he's enshrouded oh. in shadows and weird light. Mm. But he's in a robe that's hanging oh, open. And it's like, is he an yes. alien? Is he just a perv? Right. I don't know. But he's right. in a robe. Maybe and then it, the alien it drops robes. seductively to the floor. <laughs> and he's in some sort of Hanes tidy whitey. <laughs> of course. And he walks by and just goes, did you do the files yet? in right. his underwear and you're like what Are what you, am have, i looking at Ew. and then he comes the close to you in his underwears let's get to eye of the shit storm <laughs> you take some shit put it up on the wall check it out for a while you take that shit up off of the wall put it down on the floor in a glass bowl you take some fuck put it up on the wall where the shit used to be so because of Thanksgiving and a trip, uh, Brandy and I are taking to New York, we are pre-recording our anniversary episode. And as you guys know, the news around here changes at warp speed. We're doing this a few days early, and we could literally be in full-blown World War III by the time this airs. Right. So we decided to do something for this week's Eye of the Shitstorm that hasn't exactly blown up yet into a full shitstorm, mm-hmm. but the promise of the shitstorm has done been made. And the storm will wreak such havoc and devastation, uh, it's kind of like hard to imagine. uh, It's shocking. It's shocking. So this uh, this week, the eye of the shitstorm is the North Korean cyber terrorism group Lazarus. Okay, so this is some scary, scary ass shit. Oh my God. And though we saw Tom Brokaw's special report on it, the main cable news stations NBC, CBC, ABT, Tail Tao, Meow Meow, Myanmar, Poo Poo, PTT, Myanmar, love that one. Love it. Sian Tao News, Pao Pao News, TT News Tonight, Tiki Kiki News This Morning. love those. All of those, yeah. So they're not covering it, and I really don't know why. I think, I don't know, but thank God for goddamn Tom Brokaw. He's getting harder and harder to watch and listen to. Bless his heart. But if it weren't for him... I might still be sleeping at night. Right. I mean, everyone is focusing in on their nuclear capabilities. And while that also possesses an imminent threat, uh, poses, excuse me, (laughs) that does pose an imminent threat. And it is scary. Uh, This cyber arm of the North Korean military appears to be just as capable of mass destruction. And the most disconcerting part is that we won't have a way to retaliate in kind at all, like in any capacity. There is nothing we can do. Other than you nu- guys, other than nuking them uh, all and killing every North Korean that's I mean, alive. I mean, literally, this shit is beyond. So Julie and I innocently accidentally heard this shit at like noon in the Ugh. middle of the week. And we were just like, oh, uh, I swear, Julie's probably making tuna or something. <laughs> so Lazarus, that's the name. Don't forget it. It's a cyber crime organization that's part of the North Korean military. Okay, and it's an official right. part. They it's wear, what the Americans call it. They wear their military uniforms yeah. into work. It's like as if they go in their military, like, you know, yeah. like an army guy just goes yeah, into work. Exactly. And he goes into work and he sits behind a computer to destroy the world. Yeah. So they are 
they are literally responsible for every single major cyber attack across the globe in the last 10 years. Every single one. What's the first one that comes to your mind? And we don't know. Sony. That's right. That was in 2014. So Sony was huge in this group. It's 2007. So obviously this group started. I think their first major thing was 2009. Mm. But the Sony thing was crazy. It was the biggest corporate hack to date at that time. And, you know, I kind of enjoyed it just because Seth Rogen well, can bug. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't like I don't need any country telling anyone else they can't make can or cannot make a movie about their shitty fucking dictator. However, like not Seth. Ro- yes, bugs. But also everyone at Sony clearly bugs, bugs. too. That's and right. it's a piece of shit. Right. I mean, like the emails that we were privy to and you can still see them on WikiLeaks. I mean, that's that why lady the, the Sony and- hack was almost like the Weinstein situation. Because yes. Because full sexism was right. was revealed yep. and exposed, inequalities in pay, right. you know, people talking shit. Oh, you know, the best was what I was the most privy to because I didn't really get involved at that time was Howard Stern, who, you know, he did, you know, America's Got Talent. He was doing America's Got Talent. We all had to suffer through that. Mm-hmm. And then when the Sony hack happened, he ended up hearing about this shit with Simon Cowell talking shit about him oh. and that's why he ultimately quit thank god america's Amazing. got talent but that happened across the board it was like you know charlie and jennifer lawrence they right. weren't getting equal pay right and it was you know and what's her face got fired like amy pascal it was right. just the whole thing with sony and it was crazy and it was because of this group and they kept telling them don't do it don't do it don't release it don't release it and of course we're not going to listen but at the same time you're not you don't have your shit tied up. You want us to, you know, send our credit card information and every single Julie get Julie and I get so many emails that are like, can you send us W4s, W2s, your social? Oh, yeah. We don't fucking encrypt that shit. Right. We're sending that shit over our phone at oh, the airport using yeah. public Wi-Fi yep. and wondering why our identity is being stolen right. every Tuesday. <laughs> right. I'm assuming that Lazarus has looked in my bank account and was like, nah, not worth Never it. Never mind. <laughs> I mean, I'd rather American nah. hackers in high school, take one penny from everyone's bank account than these motherfuckers. Oh, well, I, exactly. Ex- I don't want... Uh, exactly. So they did the same year, 2014. They stole $12 million from a bank in Ecuador. Yeah. They were responsible for the 2016 quote-unquote bank heist where they stole $81 million from a bank in Bangladesh. <sighs> Bangladesh. And North Bangladesh. Korea then uses all that money to, um, right. to go into their military. So that's why they're... That's why they're getting all these fancy new right. nuclear weapons and shiny guns and shiny bombs because they're stealing money from everyone around the world. Every bank. It's happened so many times. So it was all fun and games when all they were doing was giving us great Hollywood gossip and pretending to be the cyber version of Ocean's Eleven. But shit got really real this past May. This is like a few months ago when they executed a worldwide cyber attack on the on on like worldwide infrastructure companies in a breach called WannaCry. Thank you, Tom Brokaw. Again, like infrastructure. We're not talking about Sony, which doesn't control our streetlights, our hospitals, our water supply, our banks. If if somebody shut down the internet in America, just think about that. In any kind of, even for a few hours. Right. Fucking everything would go ham. Right. Because every single thing is on a computer or grid or whatever. Every single so thing. So they can you know shut. What? Wait. Except for every what, single what? thing in the entire world. Except North Korea. Except for everything <sighs> in North Korea. They are the only, you know, like functioning first world society, society that isn't working on computers. So think about. So really take that in for a second. 
every country basically for as far as we know every civilized country or whatever the fuck is is working on computer computerized power computerized water computerized air conditioning computerized communication communication I, I mean every single thing every single thing file north korea is not so they could shut down, which is what they're working on. This is no, that this is what they did in May. Okay, they shut down hospitals across the UK, like shut down hospitals who were just like, oh, they shut down. It was it was, um, two hundred and thirty computers in over a hundred and fifty countries. Two hundred thirty thousand computers. Oh, two hundred thirty thousand computers in over one hundred and fifty countries. They were all Windows. Windows, bitch. Windows. Don't let me see that McAfee sign because I will vom. So it was international businesses, government networks, and the hospitals. That's I mean, insane. That's how gross they are. You know what I mean? Like shutting. That's like terrorism to the nth degree. It's like we think ISIS and right. all these guys are bad and like Hezbollah and shit where they like sit in elementary schools and use kids as shields and, you know, all this disgusting stuff. But like shutting down hospitals, like. You're shutting down the you're you're shutting down somebody's lifeline. I mean, literally, somebody's hooked up to a ventilator machine, and and you're killing them. You're you're killing innocent, the most vulnerable people in the world, and people who are working in a place of good. That's all a hospital is a place of good, of healing, and you're shutting right. that shit down. You are fucking. Li- you know what? I'll tell you this. <sighs> I mean, I'm not a fan of Donald Trump, but I will say this: when he called Kim Jong Un a loser, I was into it. <laughs> You are a loser. And you, you know loser. Honestly, we have Donald Trump. And if he was ever to do this during fuckface's presidency, he'd nuke him. He wouldn't think twice because it's like he'd be literally like, oh, I can't <laughs> I can't access my B of A account. You're done, bitch. <laughs> I mean, so a 22 year old British web security officer. 22. Uh-huh. This is so great. This is going to be like our son. We well, you know what we did. We adopted is- <laughs> our son. What? Well, hmm. We just said this is back. who's going to. And this is also who's going to do World War Three. It's going to be a bunch of 22 and under year olds by computers being like, I'm going to get them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like shit like that. Oops. Yeah. Like these emo motherfuckers. Um, yeah. Like you think you're going to shut down our, our hospital. We're going to shut down your. Ho- oh, we can't. So he found some kind of kill switch domain bullshit whatever which slowed down the spread but which is great and i just have to i didn't even say his name but it's just cool that it's a 22 year old kid it's like they're not going to be able to fuck with they just don't have they're not exposed to the internet on the level that we are and certainly will be able be able to stop anything they do but the level of damage that they could do in just simply 24 hours and this is the warnings that they're sending right and they are not on the grid and that's they right. are off the grid it's like right. somebody goes and lives in montana an entire country who lives off the yeah. grid and who's brainwashed it's, they not only live off the grid but they don't even it's not even by choice like that's an entire country of people who don't even know that they're living off the grid yeah. kind of you they know what i mean except I don't think the they leader know about the grid right exactly they give them some kind of aptitude test because um, I guess they probably do it for everyone, however they do their military. And then the ones who have a great aptitude for, I guess, whatever, HTML code and whatever the fuck, hacking, they take them into a special thing and they let them study the internet. But the rest of the country is not online, so no. they don't ever get any of that crap. No. As according to What's-His-Face, the guy who taught us about North Korea. Michael Malice. Yeah, Michael Malice. They're doing crystal meth. Right. Getting videotapes. Oh, God. I mean, it's so <laughs> doing, gross. Yeah, I mean... I so. hope they get freed. You know what? I hope if nothing else happens that maybe something disgusting will happen. And then Those, I don't know. The that people who are enslaved they need to be free. free. They have to be free. Yeah. They have to be free. They have to be free. So now as recently as two weeks ago, mm-hmm. they tar. But this was just 
news yesterday. Right. But this happened two weeks ago. So literally in the last 24 hours, mm-hmm. it was revealed that they targeted and attacked individual, tons of individual cell phones in South Korea with viruses. So they delivered the virus through a fraudulent Korean Bible study app, um, which was originally real and distributed on Google Play. And I don't know who made the fraudulent app, but they they were able to attack all these Android phones. And this is the thing. I talk a ton of shit about Apple and I love doing it and I believe it. But and I literally have to get a new MacBook Air and, <laughs> and mine's only as old as like 2012. Uh-huh. And I'm so bitter that I have to do it. Yeah. And we always have to change our phones every year. And Julie just got a new phone the yep. size of an iPad mini and she loves it. And I, I can't deal. And it's like a iPhone X8 1027. Yep, that's right. And I've talked so much shit. And it's like, this is why this is why I shamed my mom and forced my old Mac like desktop mm-hmm. on her. Because these Windows fucking fuck you, Bill Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates should be paying to fix this shit. He, he should. should be paying to help whatever we need to do to stop this fucking hacking or whatever. Yeah. Like he needs to be involved and get involved. Give I hope he's got like a single Lazarus one too. of your billions to help fix the fact that your operating system can be breached by any loser with like two hacking dollars in their pocket. That's right. Fuck off, Bill Gates. Yep. Fuck the fuck off. So that's why we got to keep getting Mac. Let's shake off that scary ass shit storm, walk outside, and then we're going to go to skew. Go to skew. time for Brandy and I to ride our tiny bicicleta to skew. Yay, this is a segment called Time for Skew, where a live person teaches us something. Now, I love this segment and I have loved all of our past professors, but to have this guest on our one-year anniversary episode is so profoundly important to me. She's someone that we greatly admire and look up to, and in my opinion, is one of the very few real role models on the level of Obama and Elizabeth Warren. Mm -hmm. I seriously think she's going to be president one day, as long as being on this podcast doesn't ruin her goddamn career. (laughs) That's true, but she can have people come kill us and burn all of this footage. She's been on Meet the Press, Bill Maher, and literally every news show that matters, and even shows that don't. Like this one. (laughs) She is the president of Demos, which is an organization dedicated to and influencing public policy and transforming the narrative surrounding it in one main direction, equality. We really urge you guys to look up this organization. They're doing such important work and you'll get so inspired from literally just reading through the website. Seriously. There's good people working really hard for change and that's easy to forget sometimes, but they're doing it and there's so many ways that we can help them. So the website is www.demos. Wait, D E M. Wait, how do I spell D-E-M-O-S. things? D E M O S. Dot org. So I like D E M O S. 
They cover lots of different issues, and we literally wanted her to teach us about every single one. But today we're going to learn about voter inequality and big money politics and how those things affected the most recent elections and how they may play out in the 2018 midterms. So without further ado, let's welcome our professor for the day, Heather McGee. Hey, Heather. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So nice to be with you, too. So, such oh an God. honor to have I mean, you here. Seriously, I can't. If, if we, I wish we could take a picture and put a golden frame around it <laughs> and say, she was here. <laughs> okay, so to start off, how did you personally feel after the last round of like the, the, those elections with Jersey and Virginia, you know, that last batch? Yeah. Well, I have to say, I mean, Demos as an organization is, uh, our name is the Greek word for the people, right? It's the root word of democracy. Mm-hmm. And um, I felt like democracy in the sense of uh, the people of a society being active, making their voices heard, organizing, door knocking, showing up and voting had a big win uh, on mm-hmm. Tuesday. Um, you saw also people who have never run for office before uh all across the country, not just in New Jersey and Virginia, but um, in lots of local races all across the country, putting their hat in and saying, you know what, democracy is something that's worth fighting for, and and who better but me to go in and represent my community. And so we had a record number of racially and ethnically and even gender diverse candidates running for office. That was exciting. (laughs) um, Community, so that was great. I felt like it was... um, it was one of the best days we've had since that fateful day in November last year, for sure. Yeah, I was going to ask you how, um, just how have things have things changed? I mean, just in general in your in your career since you know you really started, has it has it gotten worse? And generally speaking, would you say it's gotten worse or it's gotten better? You know, or has it just recently gotten better? I don't know if that question makes sense, but I feel like... Are you talking about, like, with voter stuff or just in general, like... Yeah, with vo- yeah, but I think it's I think it's related, like, just politics in general, but certainly with, with people who are voting yeah. and, and diversity and equality. Well, it certainly seemed like it yeah. was terrible, or it's awful <laughs> now, but that this last election, and from what you're saying, is that we're starting to see maybe the bubbling of the change? Yeah. Uh, over the course of my career, so I started working actually at Demos, but started working on issues of inequality in our democracy in the early 2000s. And back then, um, there were no states, for example, that had a strict photo ID requirement in order to vote. Um, back then, there was about half of the amount of money that flows into big marquee political elections going in. Mm. Um, you know, now we have ever since 2010, really, when Republicans took over um, the majority of state houses um, across the country, just this rash of dozens of states making it harder for people to vote, making it harder for people to register, closing polling places, requiring people to get their birth certificates in order to vote, making it harder for people to do voter registration drives. Um, And we've seen um, just an incredible wash of money. I mean, the rich are richer than ever and corporate profits are near a record high. And a big place that they're spending that money on is in elections, including state and local elections. You have the Koch brothers, you know, spending, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on a single state legislative race where normally, you know, there would be no outside money. 
And so I think overall, certainly over the past um, nearly 20 years of my career at Demos and working on issues of inequality, it's gotten worse. That said, and here's the one bright spot, the ordinary people's degree of attention to these issues and awareness of how there's too much money in politics and how there's a political um, strategy to make it harder for people to vote has never been stronger. Right. Well, which is really good. And so that's so the whole thing with the voter fraud was that that was just bullshit. So like it was like, oh, you're voting for dead people. Your people are voting oh, right. twice. There's millions of people who have voted twice. Yeah. They're actually dead or were fraud. And, and where is that coming from? And how how is anyone getting away with saying that? You know, you know, when Donald Trump says that the only reason why um, he lost the election, lost the popular vote, which he did by nearly 4 million votes, is because there was massive voter fraud. I think it's time to put the idea of voter fraud to bed for forever. Um, I'm sure that's why he didn't fill up the National Mall on his inauguration day either. But, um, (laughs) you know, the right wing has been for years um, trying to make the case for why there should be restrictions on voting, because it's not an obvious thing, right? We're we're a country where um, we don't have extraordinarily high voter turnout. So why should the government and politicians who's, who are paid with taxpayer money to represent us spend their time making it harder for people to vote them out of office, right? Or- you have to come up with a pretty good rationale for why something so illogical as that should be what politicians do with the the time that we spend well you know we pay them for and it's curious that especially with right wing who their whole thing is like you know we gotta stay small government and exactly. whatever all of a sudden yes. you're 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 talking about when and where and how i can vote like aren't you supposed to be not in my life isn't that your whole thing that's right yeah, they're supposed to hate red tape, except they want right. you to go through a ton of government bureaucracy in order to exercise your most fundamental right. Yeah, I don't... But they understand that it's really about a contest for raw power, and they're, the message that they're putting forward of you know lower taxes on people who are already wealthy, on mass incarceration, on not doing anything on climate change, on not helping people out with health care and child care, with not having a high minimum wage. These are really unpopular ideas. And so their goal is to change not who the politicians are, but who the voters are. Yeah, I mean, I can speak for myself and I don't, I mean, I never noticed this before until like, you know, hearing what you've had to say, but I live right across the street from park. I certainly don't probably live in like a suppressed area as far as voting, but (laughs) I the 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 park is where they always had you know all voting yeah and I could just simply walk straight across my street go into the you know shack at the park and vote and it has gotten so complicated like oh. I don't even get my form <laughs> that's not even supposed to be where I vote right. there's a huge long line and it's like you go in and I'm like when did this start getting so this used to be so easy right and now it's gotten so hard Oh, I have to go, I have to f- get a blueprint <laughs> to follow a weird treasure hunt <laughs> to find a shack that's behind yeah. a gas station in another town. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. And now, which states would you say are, um, succeed and are, are doing good as far as, you know, voting and voting voter turnout and which are, you know, the worst offenders? That is a really great question. I want to start with the positive because I think, uh, we, we we ignore that too often. Um, 
So I want to start with Oregon. Oregon um, passed a an innovation called automatic voter registration, and Demos really supports this idea and is trying to move it across the country. Um, and in the 2016 election, it really helped change who was able to participate. So it changed the diversity of, I mean, Oregon is not an extremely diverse state, but more people of color um, were able to vote. Mm. Um, it made the electorate younger um, because younger people who move around a lot were able to vote. And it's a simple idea. It's the idea that the government already knows who you are and where you are. They find you for taxes. They find you for school registration. They find you for, um, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, for everything. Yeah. duty. Exactly. They know all this information. Why don't they take it upon themselves? And we think that this should be something that is an obligation of government to do the first step of saying, we think that you live here and can be registered here. Will you verify that or not? So that instead of you having to take the first step, um, the government that, you know, uh, really relies on people um, to have a democracy is the one that takes the first step. They also have mail-in balloting, so everybody can mail in their ballot and doesn't have to go on that treasure hunt that you just talked about. <laughs> and so, and then across the country, we also have states that have same-day registration where Genius. Let's say you Genius. move or let's say, you know, let's say you just realize there's a local election the day before the um, election. You That's can just go and register and vote on the same day. Mm -hmm. And we know that communities that have that have higher turnout. Mm. So there are actually a bunch of ways that we can make it easier for citizens to exercise that most fundamental right. But you can't it can't be can it be are, nationally mandated or does it have to come individually for each state? These it absolutely could be, um, and I think it should be. I think that if we had majorities in Congress who um, wanted to see high voter turnout, we could pass things like automatic voter registration, same-day registration, um, no-excuse absentee mail-in voting um, across the country. We could raise the standard across the country, and I think we will in our lifetime. Yeah, you'd think that would be like a just a standard they find me for my taxes. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, I don't know why you can't, why every single person who has a, is a legitimate citizen isn't registered to vote. Or automatically registered. I mean, I throw away the jury duty thing. I mean, <laughs> but like every single time I, know, I go, well. I throw well. away the taxes thing too. It's gotten, so, you know. Okay. So let's go to the, oh wait, you didn't tell us the bad states. And then the bad states. I mean, we um, could try and guess. Maybe not. <laughs> I know. Maybe not surprisingly, but, um. You know, some of the worst states are those that are, um, you know, post-Confederate states where the threat of having African-Americans exercise um, real political power. <laughs> if has black people been. vote, it's going to ruin everything. <laughs> right. It's right. going to ruin everything. everything. For all the poor white people uh, in that town, they're doing so well. That's right. That's right. Um, you, you do actually find um, places that really could use um, a much stronger kind of working class uh, mm. movement are often the ones that um, have the strictest laws to make it so that, you know, poorer people can't vote. Um, but it's not only in the South, right? Um, you know, Ari Berman at The Nation had this really great expose of how much Wisconsin, um, I grew up in Chicago, this is, you know, uh, the Midwest where um, you would think that we might have a, um, a better sense of citizen participation and democracy. Um, 
Wisconsin had a strict photo ID law that um, helped suppress the vote of hundreds of thousands of people, which uh, was the margin of difference and victory with Trump taking the state. Well, I'm awful with geography and whatever, but I definitely do not think of, I don't know. The thing with Wisconsin is that no one really knows where it is unless they're already from the Midwest. So I think they could be accidentally confused with the South or just a lost state of, you know, they're just not in the conversation at all, really. I mean, no, with all due to the one listener out there from Wisconsin. But you think that with a cheese hat on their head. I don't think anyone really knows. You know, most people, I don't think they're not quite sure what region it's in. Well, I would argue that most people don't know where anywhere is (laughs) that most people like, you know what I mean? Most people, I think. Uh, and and I'm I'm not ju- I know and I'm guilty of knowing only what I know, which is when you're from a certain place and you don't have any a scope of caring about what else is out there besides your own self and your own life. Could I show you where Idaho is on the top of it? You know what I mean? Like we we lose track, I think, of what anyone else is doing. And and I think because of that, look where we are. Yeah. You know, like. So I'm part of the problem is what well, you're we, saying. Well, there. so am I. <laughs> But we're trying to, and I think it's sort of like what Demos does and what we're all waking up to, because I think we've all been kind of asleep at the wheel, if I may. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that we're Mm -hmm. waking up to what we've allowed and enabled to occur and not just with voting, but like with the stuff with the sexual harassment, just everything is bubbling to a a weird, you know, boiling point right now. But Anyway, sorry. Okay, so let's move to the to 2018 midterms. Um, yeah. Do you think people <laughs> will stay activated? And, I mean, do you think that the Democrats need, like, what, 24 seats or something like that to to take control? I mean, what do, what do you think will happen? So I think that the Democratic base is fired up. Um, we saw that uh, across the country. Um, frankly, we saw that even in the early special elections in the beginning of 2017 in states and uh, districts where Republicans had, you know, a 30 point advantage, uh, you know, it coming in between five, you know, five or six points. Um, I often like to say and remind people that Donald Trump came in third in the 2016 election. <laughs> I'm going to start saying that too. A million people didn't vote. And then right. four million more people Florida voted America. for Hillary Clinton than for him. And so this attack, this full frontal attack on democratic values on our neighbors and our families um, has, you know, poked the sleeping giant. And I think that lots of people who took for granted, who were asleep, as you just said, Mm -hmm. um, who are in the democratic base, who are young people, um, who are people who just decided to be with their families and go to work instead of vote on Mm -hmm. um, November 8, 2016, because they thought that Hillary Clinton had it in the bag they're fired up and they're ready to go. And so I think that we're going to see a wave of, um, of progressive victories in 2018 that, you know, frankly might rattle the democratic establishment a little bit. People who are running for office who actually are not, you know, kind of the, the kind of beltway insider and not people who may be uh, handpicked by the machine, but people who are newly active and it's going to be really exciting. That is exciting because so the Democrats need to need to shake the tree, too. I mean, yeah, as much as we want to, which is so good, because as much as, you know, the Republicans are like <laughs> shit in the bed. But the Democrats, like sometimes I 
we'll watch, you know, different politicians, or whatever, talking in them. It drive they drive me crazy. I'm like, what? You're you're. Why aren't you fighting harder? Why aren't you more passionate? Or why are you crying? Like, uh, and I mean, it's, it's still it is still, you know, old white men with all due. Yes. I mean, whether they're that's just what it looks like across the and board. It that's got to change. Exactly. So, God, I hope yeah, so. one of the things that we've been working on at Demos is really trying to tell the story of um, how much the fact that our electorate, the people who turn out to vote, have has been older and whiter and wealthier um, than the population at large. And then once you go to the people who can actually afford to write checks to candidates who then end up shaping what those candidates say and do once they're in office, that's even older, even whiter, even wealthier, and even more male. You really do have a disconnect between the country, the country that is, you know, 40% people of color, and our elected officials, who are 90% white people. You have a disconnect between the country who's, you know, really struggling right now in this economy, being crushed by student debt, who has no savings, who sees job insecurity, um, and, you know, people in power who, you know, while they may have certain ideals or desires about the country are fundamentally pretty comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that I look for in a politician is how much are you aware that the current status quo is not working for the vast majority of American people? How frustrated are you by it? How ambitious are you about the change that needs to happen in this country? And I think that's exactly what you were just talking about. We want to see people Mad as hell yes. that half of American families yes. couldn't pay $400 bill Please. without going into debt or selling something. No, exactly. And, you know, and if there, you don't have that level of outrage, you're obviously not paying attention. No, and get out of here. Like, <laughs> but can I ask, this is a serious question. Like, the, the, the money surrounding it is is really upsetting to me. It always has been. And, yep. and, and it's, I, I mean, it's not even, it's the same as it ever was. It's out of control. Billionaires are everywhere. They control everything. I can tell you honestly that if I was like, okay, I'm going to go and run in Burbank, California for whatever, you know, I can some dumb dorky shit. Yeah. And (laughs) then when I get on there, if someone comes to me, a lobbyist, because I just told Julie this, I don't believe lobbyists are just, you know what, trying to convince people. I think they're paying people because I think they have a lot of money. And we heard Mm -hmm, you say there's mm -hmm. 24 for every one member of Congress, right? right? Mm -hmm. If a lobbyist comes to me and I'm on city council and I don't even know if lobbyists go to them, but... (laughs) Oh, they do. Oh, they do. And they (laughs) offer me $5,000 cash. I'm going to take it because I'm, like I said, disgusting, but also I need money. They need money. Those, you know... I don't understand how even if we get good people to run, how they're not going to be like t- in, in, uh, seduced by. Yeah, because right, cause my I have fifty thousand dollars in debt. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. And just like you said, I don't have a 401k. I don't even know what that is. So when somebody comes around and says, here's 30 grand, would you mind voting in my direction? What is what? Yeah. How do we stop this? Well, the good news is is that we actually can stop it, right? Even She's probably like some the- people have integrity. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not saying we stop it because you kick out some bad apples. I think the system is flawed. But in a democracy, we the people have the power to rewrite the rules. Um, and so in places like Seattle and New York City even, 
Uh, I'm not going to talk about Albany. That's a whole different story where you've got uh, people being marched out from the state capitol in, in handcuffs. But in local places, we have seen having something called public financing of campaigns where you take exactly that example. You want to run for city council in Burbank. Instead of going to the lobbyists who can write $10,000 checks to your campaign, and they're not usually – they're even now, they're not allowed to actually give the money directly to you, but they do it to mm-hmm. your campaign, and then, you know, your campaign can pay for your expenses. Um, <laughs> but so, <laughs> so instead of that, what could happen is you could, go, you could go to your listeners of the podcast and say, everyone, please give $5 to my campaign, and then the public, the, the city of Burbank, will match each of those dollars five to one so that I can be incentivized to have more low dollar contributions instead of just a few influential large contributions. Mm. And that's something that people can um, demand and make that change today, even with Citizens United coming out of the Supreme Court. We can have locally financed elections. And what changes is it changes who's willing to run because you don't have to be a millionaire or know a millionaire right. to be able to run for office under public financing. So that's what it means when you when Demo says small donor democracy. Exactly, exactly. Because we think that you know the our election should be funded either publicly or publicly and in combination with small donations that are, um, you know, what ordinary people can afford to give. Yeah. Otherwise, you're using your economic power to create more political power um, for, you know, a lot of wealthy industries and CEOs and lobbyists. But then wouldn't the one candidate who had, you know, the Mercers behind them still come out ahead or not necessarily? I guess the Mercers were against Obama and he still got in. Shouldn't there be well, great, a know, cap on that? And a lo- I mean, there should be legislation against. No. Yeah. So there's, that's a really good question. So. <laughs> First of all, presidential politics are different because what are you as a candidate spending that money on? It's publicity. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it actually there's less of a connection between the big fundraising and who wins at the presidential level. Right. People will tell you that Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, raised more money than Donald Trump spent. But Donald Trump had literally hundreds of billions of dollars worth of free advertising because you couldn't turn on the news nope. for 30 seconds without hearing his name. Not from the second um, he got in to the second he was out. He was mm-hmm. on every single... Right. Until the second and, now. And still yeah. today. And still today. And <laughs> like, so the, where money really makes a difference is at those local elections where you may have no idea who your candidates are, but if you get a mailer or you get a door knock, that's where it really makes a difference. And I will say that what we've seen is that in places like the whole state of Connecticut actually has this kind of public financing where um, where it's an option to do public financing, the vast majority of candidates actually opt in because they don't actually like spending all their time mm. talking to lobbyists and rich people. They would rather have um, their fundraising season you know, end earlier. They actually end up opting in. 
Yeah, because fundraising has got to be the worst, lamest part of it. It's the, it's the <laughs> worst. You know, you're in Connecticut. You're calling, they call it dialing for dollars. Oh. And you just, you know, you hear from someone who wants to keep their hedge fund taxes low. Oh, God. Oh, gross. Yeah, and then Awful. you have to defend that to your voters, right? Ew. <laughs> So what, what can our 14 listeners do? I mean, besides donating money, like, like what can they actually do? I don't want them to donate money because we need all their income. To, we need their disposable income to this podcast. But like, what can any of us do? I mean, just a, just a, a, a one finite thing. Become engaged citizens in the political process at the very local level. Here in Brooklyn, where I live, um, so many of my friends, including myself, but, you know, I had done this more often in the past, just decided to find a city council candidate that they loved and volunteer for them. It's like what so many people experienced in 2008 with yeah. the Obama campaign. Why not do that at the local level? Why not do that for your state legislator? Um, why not go to the town halls that your Congress member is putting on? Um, or that your, you know, governor is putting on, like, actually see that there's no more important citizen than you, oh. and that you can be the difference between us having a functioning democracy and not. And if you don't do it, then you're leaving that playing field to people who, in whom it's their financial interest to do it. Old whiteies. <laughs> We're done with old ladies. <laughs> Julie, do you, Julie used to live in Park Slope for a million years. That's not your neighborhood, is it? No, okay. I live in Bedford Stuyvesant. Well, all of Brooklyn is. I mean, <laughs> to get an apartment anywhere there now is insane. My God, that's a home. I know, yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I know, I know. I mean, I, yeah. Well, good. When I run for city council, um, <laughs> people can come work. <laughs> can come help me and volunteer. That's right. There we go. <laughs> Which will be great. And we do need more people to, I mean, uh, listen, I, I, I just want people to be up there being real. I don't even care if they lie. You can lie. That's fine. But I can't deal with like the, pl the, I feel like um, the only people who are outraged and impassioned are got the goddamn people in Alabama talking about they want their <laughs> sexual harassers. They're, you know what I mean? Like I can't take yeah. it. I mm -hmm. cannot handle it. It's I'm, 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 it's, I can't take it. So, yeah, I want to become an engaged citizen, not just a yelling person. Yeah, who drinks a lot because that's all we've <laughs> so far done with our rage. Because I think definitely a lot of people in our, our people, at least in our generation or whatever, just feel so hopeless that we just end up like yelling at each other on social media and actually not doing anything. So if we after we found you and Demos, we're like, oh, my God. Oh, that, but I want to ask a question about no, social ahead. media. So with the foreign funded social media ads, I just, I know we're, 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 this is interviews ending. You're like, I have actual job to do, but I just have to ask you this because that I hate social media in general. And that just, I felt so self-righteous about it. like, of, like, of course that affected everything. I mean, what did you guys, as far as voting and activism and I mean, all of that, what was the landscape like? I think it's a huge wake up call um, that, a foreign power <laughs> was able to mm. exploit our distrust of one another along mainly lines of race, right, was able to help the Republican Party drive a wedge among white voters about things like the movement for black lives and black, black lives matter, um, 
that's terrifying to me mm -hmm. that a foreign power was able to exploit the weaknesses in our social solidarity here in the United States along around lines of race. And frankly, that the Democrats didn't have, um, had, you know, were less aware that this was a potential wedge than a foreign power was is pretty scary. I also think that we have gotten to a place in this country where we don't experience one another except through mediated forms, whether it's through reality TV, which we think is some kind of accurate reflection of who the rest of America is, or it's through the news media, um, and particularly the partisan news media, that mm -hmm. you feel like their job is to make you know, the other side look like terrible on on human people, inhuman people, um, or it's through social media that really seems to bring out the worst in people for whatever reason. And so we've got a lot of healing to do in this country. Fundamentally, we kind of all want the same things, right? We want to be able to pursue our dreams, take care of our families, be safe, be happy. That's the same for right. you know, a refugee who's coming here with nothing as it is for a white guy who just saw his um, you know, factory clothes, as it is for a black woman who's struggling with student debt and is a grad student, you know, um, trying to make her way. And we've got to get back to that idea that we're actually all in this together yeah. and that, you know, the American people have something in common with one another that might actually be stronger than what separates us. It's true. And also, I want to eat what I want and not get fat. <laughs> That's what I want. And I think we all, I think we all want true. that. I should have added that to the list. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, that's yeah. what we all yeah. want. That is what we all want. And why can't we come together in solidarity? Figure that out. That? Yeah. Like, do I want two pizzas in a day? Yeah, I do. And I know you yeah. do, too. So let's just and love each other. And I have one for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. See? <laughs> that's all we want. We just want to be alive, live, happy, and eat. God. Okay, Heather, thank you so much for being our teacher today. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we already loved you, and I know our, like, 14 listeners are just, like, dying in their homes, like, they're going to be obsessed. They're going to want to stalk you on your social media. I know. Get ready for your Twitter to get blown <laughs> up by 14 people. Blow it up. So do you want to, so tell them where they can find you on the worst yeah, medium absolutely. on the planet. Sure. <laughs> sure. So you can find us at our website, which is www.demos. D-E-M-O-S dot org. That's demos, the Greek word for the people and the root word of democracy. And then I'm at H McGee is my Twitter handle. And the one thing is that McGee has an H in it. It's M-C-G-H-E-E. -E. So H-M-C-G-H-E. <laughs> got that? Everyone it was, got that? It was easy to find you even with the misspelling. You're and, pretty easy to find. I know. And and trust, I misspelled it every time I searched. <laughs> and yet still, I found you. That's that's the kind of engaged citizen I am. Thank you so much for doing this. Really, honestly, yeah. it really meant a lot to us, and and um and it's gonna mean a lot to the one person that hears this. <laughs> and we're gonna go, and we're gonna be engaged, and we're gonna follow you, and we're excited for you, and we hope that you run for office soon too, because we will be voting for you. Thanks, Julian Brandy. So good to be with you. <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Now it's time for so there's that. This is the part
part of the show where I give Julie the task of finding a so there's that moment in all the bad and upsetting political shit that's happening every single day. <clears throat> so this is kind of a landmark so there's that being that this is the one year anniversary of our podcast. Mm -hmm. And that means that Julie has suffered through the segment approximately <laughs> 45 times. Only because there was a one time we didn't do it. And there was a few specials like the Trump family holiday special, which I recommend. It stands mm -hmm. the test of time. But you could uh -huh. listen to that in 2025 and it'll still kill the game. Yeah. Julie was already fucking talking about learn where you're stop hunting and learn where your <laughs> wife's clit is about Eric and Don Jr. So please i recommend if you're just new to this podcast and you haven't heard that go all the way back to last december and listen to the trump holiday family but family. don't get cocky about it okay <laughs> once you learn i don't want to hear you, you, you being cocky about it i just anyway go ahead oh you mean about knowing where the clit is yeah as long as you know where honest, it is i don't care how you act no one ever knows where it is but um it's a great it's great i love it yeah. Um, even though I'm dead wrong about Ivanka and whoever, <laughs> but I don't care. Um, so she's done it around 45 times. She hates it every time. It's a full nightmare. It's like pulling teeth. It's like, you know, every mm. bad thing. But, um, I wish that this one year mark meant we were retiring the segment. So do I, <laughs> but it doesn't. Oh, but it, what it means is that I'm proud of you. And I love Thank you. Thank you. I love you too. I'm proud of me too. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Of you too. <laughs> Uh, and in fact, I chose this So There's That in honor of you, Brandy. Oh. It's weird saying your name. It as is weird. She, it's weird hearing it. As she, uh, or as, uh, and if you've been listening, um, everyone would know who knows you or has listened to the last few podcasts. 14 knows, people. Knows that you've been on a New Orleans kick. Oh, And yes. um, I also, which is, it's also funny because I chose this before we talked to Heather McGee, but then. After talking to Heather McGee, I actually went back and looked at it a little bit and was like, God damn, I'm, I was like on the pulse of my own shit. And then like, the whole time you were looking at it, I was like this. Did Heather like me? Do you think Heather's going to remember me? Will Heather remember me for sure? Do you think I could like find her on Twitter and she's going to remember me? Do you think she knows what I look like? And you're like, I'm busy. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, for hours. I'm trying to do so. There's that. And it's the worst. I hate it. But I did find this. I found this thing and I thought, oh, my God. Hmm. And I was hoping that it would lead down a good path. And I think it did. Now, I myself enjoy New Orleans, and I love a city with a rich, or New Orleans, I don't know how you say it, and I love I think a city we say with... New or, I, but you know what? I want you to say New Orleans, I, used I think to th it's cute. I think I used to say New Orleans. I think it's cute. Uh, and I love a city with a rich history. I love a city with history, like a colonial, you know, I love that kind of stuff. You also like scary things. I do. It's kind of scary. It is a little scary, but not too scary. <laughs> uh, I love an open partying spirit. Spirit. <laughs> and I love a bomb food scene. I do not, however, enjoy places that are 100% humidity, prone to constant flooding, hurricanes, uh, and are constantly flooded with large groups of men begging for women to show their tits, which one could argue I should kill myself because that's the entire planet. With that said, I do love New Orleans, and they've done something historic. Can't wait to hear. Which is in the 300-year history of the city, they elected their first female mayor. Fuck yeah, dog. City councilwoman Latoya Cantrell. Oh, Cantrell's election marks the latest in a series of victories for national liberal organizations, as we talked about earlier, how this is a sort of we're in a right. little bit of a turning point, uh, like the Working Families Party, the local chapter of Indivisible and Our Revolution, the legacy organization of Senator uh, Bernie Sanders, 2016 presidential campaign, blah, blah, blah. The Working Families Party and Our Revolution played a role this year in electing progressive mayors in Jackson, Mississippi, Birmingham, Alabama, so dope. as well as a city council member in a newly created city outside of Atlanta. Can I ask you, Yeah, is it their first person of color or just their first woman? Woman. woman. 
first woman amazing and she is a woman she's of a color first woman and it's a woman of color. i can't even deal I and can't even deal with my the other thing that was interesting about it was that normally in new orleans and that's definitely the type of place where they want you to be from there like, they want a- you born and raised in new orleans however she was is from la and then ended up going to college oh there God! and then she stayed there and she was one of the people who during katrina Basically, there was a there was a neighborhood in Katrina that got completely destroyed, and I and I can't and I didn't write down. It begins with a B. It's like bombard. Bom, I think we all b- remember that, town the, or the main one. And the the and New Orleans was like, well, we should probably just make it into a park, and just oh, get no. rid of it, Come and just on. like she was the spearhead of you're not fucking That's destroying our, ta- our place where we live. We're going to rebuild. She raised like ten million dollars by on her own. Which she from got, Sean Penn, she sent him out in a boat. Exactly. Gave a million and so grope some people. So because of her, she was able to rebuild this town or the wow. neighborhood. And um, I was going to say, I just want to say, yeah. I was going to say just as a joke that wasn't going to be funny. So I didn't say it like that. They the problem with New Orleans is that they have a problem of like a casual rape and racist culture. Uh huh. And I was just going to. But then I was like, don't say it and don't talk shit about New Orleans. I'm so happy I'm so fucking happy that, yeah. that a woman. I'm so I'm so into it. I'm yeah, so no, it's great, it. and it's great, and I into it. I know, and I figured you would be so Yay. into it. So, um, Cantrell picked up endorsements from the Working Families Party and local social justice groups like Step Up Louisiana, thanks to her support for a 15. 15- so she was in support and fought, has fought for, and is continuing to fight for a fifteen dollar minimum wage. In- yes, to, for a fifteen minimum fifteen dollars to be the minimum wage, and her ambitious criminal justice reform policies. Um, they have not agreed to a fifteen dollar minimum rage yet, but minimum rage, minimum rage. You that's got, me. I have bitch, a fifteen dollar minimum rage. <laughs> if I could get paid in rage, I would be a billionaire. <laughs> Cantrell's proposals for criminal justice reform include creating a job training and temporary employment program for released criminals and underprivileged young people. She has said she would also seek greater discretion in the prosecution of nonviolent crime. Very important. Wow, I'm so happy you did this. Notwithstanding progressive excitement over Cantrell's victory, the race was fundamentally about local issues, such as cleaning up the city's sewage and water board and addressing violent crime. When I was there, it New- was very filthy. New- and that's, couple, well, I mean, you know, it's a filthy, yeah. More filthy New Orleans, than when we were there. Oh, God, that's sad. New Orleans has one of the highest murder rates of any big city. So she's trying to focus, she's really trying to focus on the city and cleaning up and doing her local part. Particularly when it comes to making the city safer, Cantrell is likely to embrace short term solutions like an increased police presence which some are arguing against because that's not like a very liberal idea but she's no, really but fighting right. yeah i think it's tempting to try to fucking fuck over a tourist if i were right. me i'd think they're drunk they're annoying i'm gonna rob them and then i fucking fuck up and i kill she's them. uh she's trying it she's trying it and clearly they're into it because they voted her in so this is inspiring not just because she's the first woman in the history of the city but it's her commitment to local issues and her real desire to build up her community and as we learned from heather mcgee today from demos it's going to be those local public servants who will build their local community up and work and listen with the people that live there and are outraged by the same thing that the majority of the people are outraged by and are truly and earnestly (laughs) trying to help and do good and not live in a self-serving billionaire bubble then this community will then bleed into other communities and each one will teach the next that we can rebuild and we can work together and this this, my friends, <laughs> is how we're going to make America great again. So there's that. Freedom. 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 
so that's it for the anniversary episode of Dumb Gay Politics. We want to thank you guys for listening. This is dorky, but if you haven't left a review on iTunes, please do it now. We have 494 reviews and we have, and this is real, read every single one (laughs) twice. Not even kidding. And some of them like five times. And it would be very exciting to have 500. On our one year anniversary. Yes. Very exciting. That's one week, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going to hear it. Yeah, on our one year. Right. But you know what? You can get six in a day. easily. So if any of you haven't done it, or if you've already done it, like I said, go get your roommate's iPad. Go get your son's iPad. You know, your kids have your old iPhone. Hey, Lazarus, it. if you're listening, why don't you pop in a few reviews? Oh, my God, Lazarus. Can you get us on iTunes, like, featured page? Seriously, Lazarus, we want to be a new and noteworthy. <laughs> Just for two days for would be nice. one second. Uh, all right. Well, I know we say it every time, but don't forget about our Patreon podcast. You can sign up for a dollar a week at patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. We don't talk about politics, and even though it's not free, it's an hour-long fun thing to keep you company during the mundane parts of your day, like when you're working out or when you're at your job, when you're at your commute, or like whatever. Like, we'll just, you know, it's I do. Just fun. I shower. I listen to podcasts while I get I do, ready. too. That's when I listen to podcasts, too. Yeah. I saw you walk out. Because we're privy to all of our each other's private things, uh-huh. like toots at night <laughs> and habits. And Julie comes out of the bathroom right before she takes a shower, and she's like looking for something. Go, what are you looking for? And then she takes a has a big some kind of measuring cup, and she's like something to put my phone in. And I see her put her phone into like a glass measuring cup, and I'm like, I think that works better with a solo cup. And then I hear her phone blasting out. Honestly, before we go, the Patreon. And this podcast, they go hand in hand. Like mm-hmm. we, we probably would have quit this one because we again make zero dollars. <laughs> it's all love. Um, and the Patreon allows us to do this. Right. And this allows us to do the Patreon because no true. one would find it if it weren't for this. So they go That's hand true. in hand, and we really do love them both. So if you're trying not to do it, we ask that you do it because it legit saves our ass every <laughs> second, and every dollar counts, and it's gross. And but it's true. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I sort of I want to go. Sorry. I know. I want to be like sorry, but also thank you. Of course, you we know? love them, and we're so close to those people, and it's really weird. I know. I thank you. I'm glad we're doing it. This keeps us doing it. If we didn't have the Patreon, we would not be able to keep doing this. No, there'd be no way. So it keeps the, the whole thing going. It keeps us going. It's not just the money; it's the interaction. And we've said it before. It's like, you know, there's very few rewards in this business, and one of them is to have the interaction and the feedback and the 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 sort of you know social interaction that we get to have. And yeah, and Julie the- and I took a page out of Johnny McGovern's book and we went out and got fucked up with one of our Patreon oh, did, homies the did, other night after did. the live show. And no What's regret- up, Indiana? Yeah, and we got fucked up with a lot of people at the live show. So no right. regrets. No, and it's great. And and I, it makes me so happy to know just to that people care. You know what I mean? What can and I to say? to meet them and they're great. Yeah. So. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been fun. And Heather... McGee. Heather <laughs> McGee. Uh-huh, it's all shit, it's all just dumb gay politics. America's gotten kinda whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A N A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S.
What? I don't know. I don't even know.